0: Front Porch Radio presents Circle Unbroken with Taft Airs.
1: I was standing by my window on one cold and cloudy day when I saw that hers come rolling for to carry my mother
2: It is a good day. How do I know that? Well, you woke up this morning and you're listening to this. No matter what part of your day it might be, you've got it going on. You, you've started, you're into it, or you're thinking about ending it. Right? I mean, when I say ending it, I don't mean run your car into the ditch, folks. When I say ending it, you're thinking about how you can wrap this day up. And so I'm excited to talk to you today about some things that I hope will make a difference in your life. I am your host, Taft Ayers, joined in by my man, Coach Mike. Welcome, sir. Good afternoon. Describe your day. In one word it's fantastic fantastic it's a it's a neat time of year it's a time of year coach when we're recording this we're staring at thanksgiving people are already jacked up about christmas i got a list from my daughter for christmas back in february and it's been edited and revised several times since and i've got other kids talking to me about they get a week off for Thanksgiving this year, uh, the the schools here locally are off the whole week.
0: Well, that's that's been a standard with the public schools for quite some time.
2: Right. So, we and so I think we're just playing catch up because we have not. Well, again, when you and I quote unquote you and I right. growing
0: up, it was you got Wednesday and Thursday right. off. Yeah. Or Thursday, i mean, Thursday and Friday off, and uh, I think some people. <laughs> well, I know at our college at, right. at, at Harding. Yeah. Yeah one of the things that prompted it was a travel situation oh oh, yeah there was a tragedy on the uh somebody was trying to get home get had a long ways to go they were of course from starchy arkansas i think they were trying to go to pennsylvania or something like that and they were trying to get home for thanksgiving on wednesday Mm. and Mm. or get i think they'd gone on wednesday or got back there again they were trying sure and they, they had that little short window that we used to have and they were involved in a bad where they got tired, yeah, they, they got right. really tired, Tired, and, and
2: so they expanded it and for they, that.
0: And, so, and they sure. said, "How many other college students are doing that?" Right. Of course, everybody was kind of like, "Yeah, we all do it." You know, that's all part of right. the experience, and, right? And they said, "No, there's no reason, no reason for that."
2: Right. And made so an, they, adjustment. And and made an adjustment, and it's now trickled down and branched yeah. out. Well, because my wife told me, I don't believe her. She goes, yeah, they're home all week. And I go, yeah, right. And I said, that's, that's, we don't do that for Thanksgiving. Yeah. She goes, no, 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 we do. And I said, and so I told her in my small little bubble world, I go, oh, I bet the public schools will hate that. And she said, oh, they're no. out they, <laughs> they always joke about us having two weeks spring break. Right. And she said, um, she said, no, no, they've been on that. So I had, <laughs> I had forgotten that piece. And so they're all, they're all into what they can do, how they can do it. Yesterday, you'll laugh at this, coach. I, I was preaching out of town came back to town and she had them on sandwiches. And when I say she had them on sandwiches, a lot of times our Sunday dinners look different than that. Well, I I saw the uh, remains of some sandwiches and I asked her, I said, I said, baby, uh, you just, you felt like sandwiches today. I said, no complaint on my side. And she said, no, they wanted, they wanted more bigger, better food. And I said, okay, are we, are we at that point in our budget? You know, right now? And she goes, I just decided that tonight that they could get something fancy. And so, so, so fancy for us, coach is pulling up to Saxby's and saying, <laughs> I'll take the 30 count for, for yeah. these, this family whatever. But she said, but I knew we could do something nicer for them tonight and they could work for it this afternoon. And so these kids, they wanted this meal from this place. And so they got into a sock folding competition. They got into a room cleaning competition. oh, you made it a game. Everything. There's the, there's she the, did it. So there's a winner. There's and the a, secret and a reward. And I, I told her that, and I said, I said, baby, yeah, that is creative parenting. And she said to me, with a glimmer in her eye, I've been practicing on my husband for years. So, coach, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't think on this show we should talk about reward and payoff. But it was a, it was a fun day for me to look at and to think about, and and. My wife did something uh, the, a couple nights before. She said, "Hey, I need you to come outside." I thought, "Ooh, okay." Now, now we have we have a circus, we have a tornado at our house, and coach you, you you've seen my house before you you pull up it sets on a hill and then in the back we've got like a, a swimming and hangout area in the back but it's cut into the woods and so you're surrounded by by a tree line and so we went back we went back in the back and she said I need you to come here and so I, I go out there and she said and th- to know my wife this is this doesn't happen if I did this to her she'd be like what are you doing right but she said come here and so I, we go out there and we stand and she shuts the door securely and i'm like we're about to have like either a fight or a talk and coach she and and for the listeners right now this is not normal for me so i don't want you to be like yeah right Mm -hmm. she she puts her head on my shoulder and then she looks up and you know we had the the stars and the moon for a second and i thought did this turn into date night (laughs) and and so i've got all the emotions whirling about and she said we don't do this enough And she just looks up and she's like, we just need to take this all in. We just need to take it in for a second, slide out from the madness and just and just take it in for a minute. So, I mean, I spent like a minute with my wife just looking up at the sky. Just there's so much evil and bad around you. So so big props here to my wife for taking the pause to do that. I promise you, coach, if I did that to her, she'd be like, what about the dishwasher? What about this? So so that was her dictation. But a thought kept running through my brain. And what kept running through my mind when she did that was she had no idea that she was creating show material by doing that, but that's my <laughs> life and the way that I operate. We are living right in the middle of, you could, you could, you could write a sentence here. The heirs family is living right in the middle of chaos are we are living right in the middle of a tornado. As far as our kids go and our lives go, it's it's a crazy time with four kids, first grade to the ninth grade. It's nuts schedules. They all play two sports. They all hit, fight, go to church. They they do all the things, you know, that you can think of. And we're living right in the middle of what we prayed for. And so we we are right in the middle of this madness. Um, our, our family, I tell people all the time when I do my public speaking, I'll say, you may see a picture of the Ayers family on Facebook and we're in matching clothes on a beach. The kids are like hair is wet you know sun kissed and tussled a little bit and I've got my my arm around my wife maybe sucking in my belly a little bit trying to not ruin the photo (laughs) and we look we look good it looks like all and I tell people all the time that's the picture what you don't see is multiple miscarriages what you don't see is all the times that we've been expecting. What you don't see is all the pain and the prayers that that came through the, the mother's day sermons when God helped the preacher all he wanted to do was, hey, he knew he would be crucified if he didn't talk about mothers, you know, if he didn't do the sermon. But did what he wasn't able to think about or address accurately was all the women in the congregation that were just dying to be mothers. Um, I remember one of the worst times ever somebody <laughs> did a sermon and they did it on they did it on moms. And we were right in, in that season of what's going to happen and how's it going to happen. And I remember the preacher did a sermon and he did it where you, like I'd seen it before where it was like mom and it was the, the letters down and he would have a, a point for each one. You yeah, have an acronym. Yes. Yeah. And this one did the acronym sermon and it was mother and it was like all the way down. And I was like, bro, dude, you're you're killing some people in here. Like this is a long, a long sermon. And I remember my wife at one point, she, she got upset. And again, my wife is, she's like rough and tough, but it was just, it was too much for her because of some things that were going on in our life. And she went out into the lobby and a lady came up to us, an old church lady. Oh, are you just sad? Cause you don't have kids yet. And my my wife was like, yes, ma'am. And the the lady was trying to be like older sister to younger sister in the faith. And she said this, listen, God can do anything. And Malia was like, I believe that 100%. And she said, so you just go on home today. You're going to love this, coach. You just go on home today and get yourself pregnant. (laughs) And I was like, "What, what, what are you doing? what this lady is so lucky she's so lucky that she did not perish on the spot right there because i told you coach my wife's not a wallflower yeah and so when she said that and so there's all these things that we have to remember in our life that we prayed for and then god god was saying this not yet not not right now you know whatever answer god had to where we went boom 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 with our family and so we sit right now with four children um we understand like if somebody comes to us and tells us hey i'm pregnant and i'll always ask them how far along are you and if they don't tell me 13 weeks or more i'm like i wish you hadn't told me that like because the way that i am Mm -hmm. is untelling really stinks and I I don't curse them or put this you know burden upon them but I know from experience hey man wait till the end of the first trimester or till you get right there to tell them my daughter I've, I've talked on this show before how much she loves her high school soccer coach and the other day she said, well, we had a meeting and coach told us that she was expecting. And, and it was cool. The girls loved mm-hmm. it. Kinda, almost like they're youth ministers. Like That's how they look at her. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah. And she said, yeah. She, and she told us, Dad, I don't know what this means. She told us that she's 13 weeks tomorrow. And I go, I knew I loved her. Good girl. Like I, like I, I knew she wasn't going to come in there at the two-week mark and tell you mm-hmm. that. And <clears throat> it's what I'm saying all this to say. The message of today's uh, episode and show is going to be this, be careful what you pray for. Now, I'm being tongue in cheek on that when I say, be careful what you pray for, but it's a derivation of the old phrase, be careful what you wish for. And I really want to talk today, I want to spend some time talking about the things that we ask for, the things that we want, the things that we desire, and then we get them. I remember sitting in a Bible class that I was not teaching. I was not leading. And I told my wife, I said, today, I'm just going to go in. And it's different for me when I'm not preaching or teaching after, after doing it for so long that when I do go to a church service of any form or fashion, I have to sit there for a minute. And I don't think to myself, I wish I was them teaching. And I don't think to myself, I could do a better job than them. It's really not that for me. It's if, if there's things in your life that you're talented and gifted to do, and you're also able to make money for your family doing them, there are times when I'm not doing that. I feel like, ah, am I being good to my family? I know that sounds terrible, but that's how I am sometimes. And so I'll have to go in and say, okay, you're not teaching today for a reason. You need to receive what this person has prepared. Like, like I, I think that was probably a good practice for all Christians in general they receive what they've prepared. And so I go into this class and I'll never forget a coach. This teacher said, right now, the salary that you prayed for, he said, is the one that you talk all the time about being broke with. And he was talking about where some of these people in that class were in their lives. Like you never would have dreamt that you would have made this, or you prayed, get me there. And now it's the one where you're like, well, I'm broke as a joke in the ghetto, you know, like you wanted this so bad. And it was a refresher course of being thankful for, for what you have. And I know life shifts. Yeah. I don't, I don't think things happen you can't live on what you could live on back then, or you don't allocate correctly. But today's message, and I'm, I'm going to spend some time in all three of our sessions talking about there are things that you're praying for. There are things that you're asking for. And they've written great country songs about it. There's great things about where you are, don't blink, you're going to miss this, you know, all these things. And I want to encourage people right now to think about number one, what it is that you're asking for. If you're a religious person, if you believe in God, it's I am praying because I know you can do this. I know you're the God who created the heavens and the earth, spun the world into existence, and you're also the same God that breathed life into me. I know you can grant this. I also know that you're the God of yes and no. I also know that you're the God, and that's easy for me to tell Mike. It's easy for me to say, hey, man, God... God's going to do his will, whatever that might be. And we've just got to ask that our lives would align with that, that we would accept that, that we would be trusting, loving, all those things. It's easy for me to tell you that. But when in, when it turns around and points to Taft and it points back to my life, it's hard for me. And, it is, and it's tough for me because I want to say, but I really need this. And, and then this, there's no reason why God would say no to this. And, and we, even if we don't talk that way, We think that way sometimes We we say things like this, I just want to be, or I just want to do, and you can't read. If you're familiar with the Bible, folks, you can't read the Psalms without seeing in one chapter, it's great. Are you Lord, you know, but you're, you're majestic. You've done this, this, and this, and then you flip over to another Psalm and it's, where are you? I'm in a cave, I'm desolate, I can't find you, my enemies are all over me. And let me tell you something. If you're listening to this today, that's called humanity. That that that's what you feel when you think about something being bigger than you. There's moments that you trust this, and there's moments when you you turn around and you say, "Okay, I feel alone and I'm not sure about it." So when you pray for something when you hope for something. If you're a non-religious person, when you say, I'm going to get that one day and you get it, you need to look and say, okay, this is where I am. This is what I have. It, are, are you upset? Do you have buyer's remorse? Like you, you wanted this so bad and here you are now right in the middle of it. So what you going to do with it? Coach, you got thoughts on this?
0: Well, yeah. I, I mean, it's there's all kinds of ways that can go. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's, there's been you know several things that I have prayed for, wished for, you know. And when I, at the time, it was kind of like if I could just have this, if I could just have this, right. Everything, you know. I don't want to be rich, but I don't want to have to worry about my next meal. I don't want to have to, you know, I I want to be able to go somewhere if I want to, you know, not wait and have to scrimp and and, and all that stuff, but I don't need to be, you know, I don't have to be doing it in a Cadillac Escalade either. Right. And and stuff. And, and and then every so often, I I kind of stop and look around and I'm like, that's exactly where I am right now.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I can do what I want to do (laughs) when I want to do it. Sure. Uh, if it's a big thing, I may have to do some planning and, saving and, and this or that. But, you know, I, that, that's where I am. Right. And, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like, am I happy with this? You know, am, am I satisfied with this? I should be. Right. And, and, and quite frankly, most of the time I am, <laughs> uh, most of the time. <laughs> uh, right. Sure. But there is always that, that to time and, and, um, you know, that's, uh, you know wishing for kids and all that stuff i yeah i remember when when my wife and i were were trying to have kids and and it was you know it was it was kind of a tough time at, at right. times it was uh, uh fortunately ended up being more of a just a the fact that i was a coach <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it was and timing busy. right
0: yeah. and, and, and stuff uh but we weren't sure for a while and right, uh, right. and so uh but then, you know, you know, we got, well, we, you know, we wanted a couple of kids. Yeah. Well, we had two daughters Here you are, and, and you know, we wanted to be comfortable. Well, we are, we're, yeah. gonna, we're in a nice house we're, we're we've got a little bit, a little bit of land around sure. us. Uh, I'm in a position to be able to take care of it. I'm able to, uh, enjoy my, my adult kids now and, right. and, and th- to do the thing. And I thought, you know, I've been blessed yeah. and, and did it come without pain? No. Right. Uh, I've always been one of those proponents, you know, when you ask for the rose, Mm. Mm. be ready because God's going to give you the rose right? and the stem.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Something to, (laughs) something to hold on to.
0: Yeah. But along with that rose
2: comes a few thorns. Sure. Sure. And you
0: know, that's, that's the, that's the way life is. It is. And, and, and so when you do ask for that. I, 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 am a firm believer in what you're, you're saying, be careful. Right. Think about it. Right. Think about it before you actually ask for it and pray for it. Uh, because more than likely you're going to get it. Right. Right. Even if you, if you're a non-religious person, we call it you know, in psychology, we call it self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, you're going to, you're going to do the things to, that you believe are going to happen. Right. You know, in, in, in the religious world, we call it faith. (laughs) Right. Right. Well, and you know, there's, there's, I don't care what term you use, what you really want to happen. You're going to figure out a way to make happen. Sure it is. At least something close to it. And that's,
2: you'll get a spirit of gratitude. And that's what we talk about this week. A spirit of gratitude. When you're living in the middle of things that you've hoped, wished, and prayed for. We'll be back on circle and broken with more talk about this subject. We are back on Circle Unbroken. This is your host, Taft Ayers, and I'm joined in by my man, Hot Mike.
0: <clears throat>
2: hey, sir, how we doing? <laughs> With an intro like that, I
0: don't know whether to uh, laugh or run. (laughs) We're talking today
2: about being careful what you prayed for. And one day, uh, the God above heard Coach Mike pray that he would have a stage name. And (laughs) you're like, dude, that did not happen. That did not happen. Actually, you just prayed, God, please spice up my life. And it was... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, hot mic. Make, make, make retirement interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did that. Coming coming through hot. All right, folks, we are talking today about, if that didn't make you laugh, you need to wake up. Uh, we, we are talking today about being careful what you pray for. And, and again, that's just a play on words of the phrase, be careful what you wish for. I know that when you pray or when you ask or when you beg or when you petition, whatever it might be, you are saying this is something that that I want so bad. These are the desires of my heart. This person, this job, this opportunity, this peace of mind, whatever it might be that you are hoping for, begging for, wishing for, praying for, when you receive it, when you live in it, my challenge to you today is this, do not forget it. That's what I want to tell you. Do not forget it. I shared a story in the first break. I mean, before the first break, I'll get that language right one day, in the first session about my wife pulling me outside in the middle of our family chaos, looking up at the sky and just saying, hey, we don't do this enough. Just taking it all in, taking in everything. And we are living right in the middle of, as I shared, what we prayed for. We're living right in the middle of that. Your job right now that you were seeking, that you were looking for, is the one right now that probably drives you nuts. There's probably something about (laughs) it. um, that you can't stand. I remember working for a church one time. And at the time the church leadership was to me, to use my vernacular, it had just gone bananas. It was wild. I was like, what is this? Does anybody else not see that this is ridiculous? And I remember talking to a mentor and I said, man, I'm going to say something that sounds super disrespectful. I feel like these guys don't have a clue. I mean, I I feel like that they just don't have it going on at all. And my mentor stopped, listened, and he goes, but they were a genius group when they hired you. And I was like, oh, oh. And so he was like, man, so, so evaluate what shifted. You know, was it bait and switch? Would, did, would this happen? Or is there something about you? And so you just look at where you are, what you've been delivered to, and then what you asked for.
0: Yeah. Well, very few of us, if any of us, really ever see the whole. Picture Mm -hmm. when we're asking for something. When we see something we want, we see something we desire. We see a position or a a situation we want to be in. Very rarely do we see everything that comes with that circumstance. Sure, sure. Uh, You know, for years, I I mean, once I finished playing uh, in high school and stuff, I always, I always wanted to be a coach. I, I I loved the, the athletic part of it, and I knew I wasn't gonna be able to play forever, but you know, I could coach for an awful long time and stuff what I, I, even then I didn't realize, you know, it's not just showing up on the sideline and, and, and making decisions during the game and stuff. It's all the preparation that goes into it. It's all the cleaning the lockers and painting, you know, building the locker room sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. Even, um, the, you know, the the time that's spent away from the field, which makes a tremendous amount of difference on how things are going to go in the actual part that everyone sees. Right. Right. Uh, you know, almost everybody thinks they know how to do that job better. Well, okay. You're welcome to come try. And and it's helped me start being a little more tolerant of leadership. Sure. I've been there. Right. Right. (laughs) I've been there. I know there are times when you walk into a situation, your hands are just tied Mm -hmm. as the leader and you got to be, you know, you're the one that you're the one on top. You you asked for that job. But, yeah, you're not really in total control of everything that's going on there, you know, whether it's a personnel issue, whether it's a situational or equipment issue or, you know, a materials issue or something. Uh, and you do the best you can with what you have. And, you know, you're going to have critics. Right. Okay. You've been the critic before. Sure. Um, and... You know, uh, I, I found myself so many things, you know, well, if I was doing this and if, you know, if I was in charge of this, we'd be doing it this way, this way, this way. Well, yeah. Okay. About a year later, guess what? I was in charge yeah, of that. Yeah. You're going to get put in that
2: seat. <laughs> yep. 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 That's exactly and, right.
0: And all of a sudden I started realizing why the guy ahead of me did what he did the way he did it. Right. <laughs> and not that I, you know, guess I made changes and all that stuff, but but all of a sudden it became a lot more understandable right. why the guy before me did this or the pe- person. And I think that's something that if we, if we, uh, if we'll do that, mm-hmm. then, you know, and, and again, you know, the, like you said, the, the beach picture family, you don't know what, Sure. you know, very rarely you do you ever see or want or know what that's
2: behind that picture. Right, those things don't make the highlight reel.
0: Yeah. And, the and, real. Yeah, and so, yeah, be careful, but don't quit asking either. Right, right. That that's the other side of that is that those moments, those beach picture moments, mm-hmm. are probably worth every bit of the hassle. Right. And right. the pain that you went through to get to
2: it—that's what you mentioned about the rose with the thorn yeah. and the thing. Yeah, the that, that rose with at the it. top sure. of that stem sure. is beautiful. It's—it's mm-hmm. it's everything you've ever wanted it to be. You just right.
0: didn't realize what it was going to take to climb that stem.
2: And that's when you have to zoom out and look at whatever you're in right now. Yeah. That does have beauty. That does have value yeah. to it. Where you are, uh, you
0: know, one—one one of the things we say as a coach: if it comes too easy, it's not worth it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know?
0: Uh, And, and, you know, if, if, if it does come easy, you don't value it. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you don't have some, some hassles, you don't have some adversity getting to something, you don't, you don't really value it because you didn't spend anything getting it.
2: I quoted John Madden in in a football broadcast two weeks ago, and it was the road to easy street goes through the sewer. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like people don't people don't want to people don't want to go there. But that, I mean, it was it was a, a typical illustration here. There's a church coach that I've been connected to for years. And this church is in a historical building. And when I say I know all churches have history, but this one is in a historical building that can't be touched. The things can't be done to it because of the, the, the way that it's yeah. registered in the county that's registered. And so a lot of people have known this church and there is a deed uh, that goes with it that it always has to remain a church. you you can't do something else to it. If it does, it has, it would be like if it was the heirs chapel, church Mm -hmm. of Christ, if something happened to that church, or if it was the Lyle Baptist church, uh, if something happened to it, what would happen is it would return to the family. So that's how it's historically preserved. And so they have tried over the years to keep the doors open at this church and the people, as I, I was connected to them through COVID, I knew them, you know, went during shutdown and you thought, Ooh, with the size of this church and with the people and the age of this church, this might be the end of it. Well, somehow through COVID, uh, some, some Sundays, a dozen of them, or, or then if they would have a tick, 20 of them, you know, would would keep mm-hmm. those doors open. They'd keep meeting Sunday mornings only. And it's a, it's a church that I fell in love with. Well, I, I loved him. I would go there whenever I could. And they have a really, really, really old guy there. And he would that's how he would describe himself to you. A uh, sweet man named Joe. And he cannot do anything without crying. He he believes every time he prays, he's going to the foot of the cross. Uh, he knows the power of what he asked for. And he's the kind of guy in his, man, gracious, I think it's early 90s, and Joe, Joe runs a coat drive this time of year. He, he does all kinds of things. He's just a worker. And he says, as long as I'm healthy, I'm, I'm going to do it. And so Joe would stand up in that church. And every time he would pray, he would pray, God, I know that this is a healthy church and he would say, I know that if we're healthy, we're going to grow. I know we're going to grow. And then I heard him pray one time. He did an Easter initiative. And they invited me there and I preached an Easter service and he said, God, I know that we're healthy. I know, I know that we're sound. And he was talking about them in the real Mm -hmm. definitions of the word. And he said, and and so it's my belief uh, that there'll be more people that want to be a part of this. And so I asked him after services, I said, Joe, you pray that all the time, yet the numbers kind of remain. I mean, it's kind of flat. And he said, I don't this doesn't even have to be the way this church structure is set up. It doesn't even have to be like a full on evangelical push. And he said, no, I would love for us to have baptismal needs mm-hmm. and, you know, discipleship. And he said, but where we're located, there's people that are so frustrated that need a fresh start. There's people that move to this town that have a connection that, that they could just come. And he, he, Joe even said this, well, shoot, there's even other churches affiliated to us that are huge up and down the road. They could commit one Sunday each to send 10 people and it <laughs> would double our no-. I mean, like right. he, he was just, he was thinking outside the box. And I said, well, Joe, what are you going to do? Because he had all these mail outs and flyers that he was intending for. He goes, well, Taft, I'm going to keep praying and I'm going to keep waiting. And he said, I'm still alive. I think this church has something. Well, Mike, I went there this past week and I was invited to preach there and another church. Now, if, if you're religious or not, please hear this. I do not view this as what church is all about. I don't think I'm supposed to go and take members from your church and call that the great commission or discipleship or whatever. But Joe wanted this church to stay alive. There was a group that came. They left another church because of issues that they thought were just far too progressive for them, a little bit too woke for them on an agenda. And they came to this church and they said, can we come? We've got a guy who's taught our Bible class for 33 years and um he he can preach. We we would love to just come and and worship with you guys. I went there this past week and there wasn't a place in the parking lot. There was barely a pew left for somebody to sit. And it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to go to a place like that that's revived. What I mean by that is you've got a little chapel church. Now there's coffee in the back with donuts and casserole. Uh, I taught a Bible class and there's a man walking around with a microphone because there's so many people with comments. He looked like Oprah Winfrey, like going in with a (laughs) mic, asking them all these questions. And so I talked with some of the people afterwards that that I had known who had been at that church for a long time. I said, how do you feel about this? Like all these people are here now. I mean, it is like overflowing Mm -hmm. with people. The singing is ridiculous in, in that church because you went from having, you know, 12 to 20 people now to having hundreds. And so it's just a whole different vibe for everybody. Well, one guy says to me, this is everything that I ever prayed for. I mean, this is Joe. And he's like, I'm so happy. Um, The theme for the day was hallelujah, what a savior. And he was like, I say hallelujah. And he stands up. I say hallelujah every time I think about every one of you all being here. It's a 91-year-old man Mm -hmm. telling them he's rejoicing that they're present. But you know what else I received, Coach, from one of my favorite people at that church? The lady said, "Ah, I don't know about all this. I know we wanted people. I know we wanted to grow. I know we wanted more. she said, but it's different and it's weird. And she said, and I'm just watching. And I said, Hey, I'd be the same way I'd be watching. I'd be watching for agendas. I'd be watching for pop-up leaders. I'd be doing all this. I said, but didn't the church pray for this? And she said, yep, yep. And then she leans in on me and she says, I just don't know if we ever thought it was going to happen. That's what we're going to talk about in our final session today. When you ask God for something, when you beg for something, you do this, expect it. Hey, I, I, I want this to happen. I, I need this to happen. If I ask God to do something, but parenthetically, I'm going, I oh, ain't going to do it. If parenthetically, I'm going, I don't, I don't believe it's going to happen. You're in for a shock. Well, there's a passage in the book of James about exactly that. Mm-hmm. that we probably mm-hmm. need to visit when we talk about it. <laughs> I, I think so for sure. Because what you look at is you see the power here in what you ask for, what you receive, and then finally, what you do with it. We'll be back here on Circle Broken after the break. The circle
1: beyond.
0: And you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee
2: We are back on Circle Unbroken. I'm your host Taft Ayers, joined in by my man Open Mike. Welcome back, sir. Glad to be here. Giving you all the names, man. Right, all all the monikers, <laughs> all all the labels today. And and we talked earlier. We're, we're talking today about being careful what you pray for, and and realizing that you might be living right now in the moments that you prayed for. And before we went to break, we talked a little bit about this. And then there's two places I want to go. We talked about a passage that coach referenced in the book of James. And I'm going I'm to do like old school Bible class. I'm going to call on brother Lyle to read that. Uh, but before we get there, I want you to think about where you are in your life right now. And are you in the middle? I want you to really evaluate. Are you in the middle of something that you prayed for? Did you pray to be where you are now? And if you did, you ready for this folks? If you did, when's the last time you showed some gratitude? When's the last time you said, you know what, this, (laughs) this is what I wanted. Like, like I, I am here in the middle of it and I think it's healthy. I think it changes perspective Uh, is as far as is that goes and so I think that's an important thing coach I I like the fact that you mentioned that I know that when I've read the book of James and, and I've looked at the different things that have been said before one of the passages that jumps out to me is the idea of you have not because you ask not and when I've looked at that before I've thought okay did I ask for this Is this something that that I beg for, look for, and now I have it? And so I've got an opportunity to steward it and, and to handle it well. I want to take everybody to a story, and it's a story that maybe you've heard before, maybe you haven't. And it's in the book of Acts, okay? And this is Acts chapter 12. And in Acts chapter 12, there's a story. I don't know how many people you meet in life that are named Rachel or Rebecca or Abigail. Those are good people that are, you may or may not know this, that are biblical Names. Maybe you've met some Marys. Maybe you've met some Marthas. You probably haven't met a Jezebel. Okay, now maybe you've called somebody one. Shame on you. But you think about biblical names uh, of people that you've met before. But there's one name that you might not have heard often. And that's the name of a little girl named Rhoda. And Rhoda, in Acts chapter 12, she's a servant girl. And I'm going to tell you what happens. I'm going to tie this story up for you. The people that followed the way or people that were believers, they were being persecuted and they were being persecuted so hard that Peter in the Bible got locked up. He got locked up for, for what they were doing, for the way that they were serving the Lord, for the message that they were preaching. So when Peter gets locked up and put in prison, the church, and this is a wild story. The church said, you know what we can do? We can all get together and pray. Now, if they took me out of Kennedy Broadcasting Studios right now because it was illegal to be a Christian and they heard my show and they took me out and threw me in prison and I had to rely on the group here at Kennedy Broadcasting to come and get me out. And they got together and said this, you know what we're going to do? We're going to pray. We're just going to get together and pray. My immediate thought is this. You know, the police, you know, the sheriff, like I, the, the noise that I don't really have to hear is let's pray. The noise that I want to hear is like, let's go get him. Well, the church says we're going to pray. And so they get together and they pray, they pray, they pray. They're in this earnest prayer for Peter to be delivered from prison. Well, folks, here's what happens. Peter gets let out, literally led out by the Lord from prison walks through the town and winds up at the house where the Christians are all gathered together praying. Now remember this, praying for Peter to be released. This is Acts chapter 12. And this little servant girl named Rhoda, she goes to the door where Peter is knocking. Now coach and everybody else listening, what were they praying for? They were praying for Peter to be released. Rhoda goes to the door, Peter's knocking at the door. She sees it. And in her excitement, she doesn't let Peter in. In her excitement, she runs back to the group and she says, It's him. It's him. Peter's at the door. She interrupts. I'm interrupting your scheduled prayer to come in and say, Hey, the thing you're praying about, he's here. And they tell her, You're losing your mind. They tell her, You're crazy. It it must be a ghost, which is a whole other thought. But but they say that, that, that can't surely be Peter. She goes back again. Peter gets let in. And this is what I want to tell you. If these people were spending all this time earnestly praying for Peter to be let go, for Peter to be released, for Peter to be brought back to them because of this terrible persecution of the church, and then he comes back, it's party time. It's, it's celebration time. It's, this is everything we asked for, not, hey, Rhoda, you're crazy. Hey, Rhoda, you're ridiculous. And so when I told that story in the first break about the church, there was praying for people to come, and then all the people came, and the lady said, I'm not so sure that we really believed it was going to happen. Here you are right in the middle of deliverance, Coach.
0: Yeah, I think, though, a lot of us – when we do make those prayers and, and 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 in studying this passage, I've I've done I've done studies with mm-hmm. it before. I think they really believed it would happen, not the way it did happen. Mm-hmm. They said, "Okay, some some officials going to come in the next day, sure. and sure. decide to let him go." And you know, you know, th- uh, th- then our prayers answered the way we we expected right. to be answered. Right, right, um, when you get all of a sudden you get the answer to your prayer, but it comes at a different time. This
2: isn't how I thought God. And, yeah. This
0: isn't <laughs> the way I expected it. I, I have a feeling you're the lady you talked to at this congregation. It was mm-hmm. kind of like she expected to see a, a an evangelistic movement and right. that maybe they go out and they started growing one or two people at get a one time. One family at a time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and not get a whole influx of 20, 30 sure. right. families or 23. I don't know what, yeah. how big the group right. was that came in to help them all of a sudden. You got what you asked for, right. but it's not quite the way you expected it. Uh, the, the the children of Israel had that same problem sure. with Jesus to start with. Right. You know, they've been praying for a Messiah for centuries. Well, when the Messiah came, this isn't the Messiah we expected. Right. This is We, we expected a king. Wrong. We expected <laughs> to, to come in with regalness and come in with pomp right. and circumstance and fanfare right. and to come in as a military juggernaut that's going to get rid of these... Gosh, awful Romans that are making our life miserable, and he comes in. You know, he's he's the poorest of the poor. He's part of the group that is is, is discriminated against, against right. time on end, and and then he comes in, and the first thing he says is, you know, or one of the first things he says is, "Well, you got to love your enemies. You got to take care right. of them." Right. Hold it. No. No. no, That's not. You know. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's not how we do this, God. You know. Right. And, and right. So, you know, hindsight, this is a 63-year-old Coach Mike talking about, sure. you know, because sure. I, I had the same problems growing up, you know, being a young man and, and stuff like that was God's going to answer your prayer. First thing you got to understand, sometimes the answer is no. Right. Right. And other times the answer is
2: yes, but not your way. I heard, I heard so many sermons over the years where people would talk about that Garth Brooks song, Unanswered Prayers. They'd be like, yeah. great song, not Wrong accurate. Idea. Yeah. They, I, I, they, they my, were my, like, <laughs> he'll answer them. Yeah. yeah. He's going he's gonna to answer prayers. It just might not be what you thought. And, and, and again, I see God, you know, we call him our father. Sure.
0: Well, what father doesn't tell his kids no every so often?
2: Right. Right. Because uh, it's for their own good. A healthy dosage of
0: no. Yeah. I, well, we say no because we know better.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I get asked by my kids sometimes, dad, can we have a yes day? and i'm like what? and they're like can we have a yes day? Well, i love a a that would not be practical. Where i say yes to everything yep. you want cuz i know you, you're a little sucker. But b, i love the fact that you would approach me about that. And and i think we i think we're supposed to do that with god. Mm-hmm. God, can i have a yes yeah. day? Not to make him a genie or a jukebox or you yep. know, an online order, but to say i i know you can. I know you yeah. can, you know, and that's like, so. I think that's a big component to this. When you so, when you look at what it means, when you look at the idea of saying, "Will you deliver this? Can you deliver this? I I trust that well, you will."
0: Yeah, there, and there becomes the, the okay, the wording issue. Mm-hmm. Can you deliver this? Then you're in right. trouble, right? Because right. you can. Yep. Now, will you? Yeah. And will you do it the way I'm expecting it to happen? Right. Right. And God usually, when, when to the second half of that question, will you do it the way I'm expecting it to happen? Nine times out of 10. No. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it the way it needs to happen. I'm full
2: of trust. I'm full of hope. I'm full of expectation. Dot, dot, dot. I think. Yeah, <laughs> there, There's the humanity yeah. to this. And... and there's that,
0: again, that, that concept of God knows best. Right. Right. You know, I, I was, I was a skit one time we were putting on a skit about if I could be the, if I could be God for one day and answer prayers, mm. I, yeah. I I could handle this so well. And all of a sudden you get a, you know, it, two farmers from the same region. Right. Saying right. God, my, crops are drying up. I need some rain. And you got this other guy from, you know, about two miles down the road going, God, I need to get my crops in from the field. Can you just hold off the rain another day? Right. right. Which one do you grant? Are we cross canceling? You know? <laughs> right. Right. You know, okay, God, you know, you're God. And, yep. you know, God's kind of sitting back. Okay.
2: You're God for which, the day, which, co- which comes down to, I was invited to speak for two football teams playing each other. And so one coach had me in one locker room beforehand, and then he had me in the other locker room on the other. And so I talked to both teams, and it felt dirty and weird, you know, in the, on the go get them speech. And afterwards, somebody joked with me, and, and they said to me, what would you tell them? Like, what did you tell his team? And I said, I talked to his team about preparation. I talked to his team about brotherhood. And they said, you didn't talk to him about outcome, did you? I said, no, no, I couldn't say. And you're going to win. And you're going to win. And and you look at that. That's that's just human right there. But when you look at God. And if Mike's begging for one thing and Taff's begging for the other one, you're over here. I mean, in, in parenting, I get that. In parenting, I got one that wants one and one that wants the other. And my human side sometimes says, okay, nobody's getting anything. Well, I know that God is love. I know that God is powerful. I know that he's all knowing. And so I look at that and a a whole whole lot more knowledgeable about what we need than we are. Correct. And so if I'm singing these songs about his majesty, if I'm talking about who he is and what he's done and how he cares then I have to really put myself in the mental space, put myself in the evaluation period where I turn around and say, okay, these are my blessings. These are the things that I have. These are the things that I wanted. This is what I'm thankful for. This is the spirit of of gratitude and, and thankfulness when, when it comes to who God is, what he's done, how he's delivered me from a situation how he has delivered things into my life. And this is my challenge that I want to leave everybody with today. I want people to think about what it is that you have and what it is that you've begged for. And then coach, I'm going to get you to read that passage that we referenced earlier. Okay. In, in, in James one,
0: I'm going to read from verse six in the context. It's a person should be asking for wisdom. He says, but let him ask in faith, with no doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind for that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double minded man, unstable in all his ways. In other words, if you're going to ask for it, you need to believe that you're mm-hmm. going to get an answer. Right there. There's the key. You may not get what you're asking for, but you're going to get an answer.
2: Right. Right. And knowing that, being expectant of that in the spirit in which you ask. And
0: know that the answer is going to be the best thing for you, may not be the thing you're expecting.
2: If you feel today like we have taken you to church, you're welcome. And if we talk about looking at what you're involved in, what you're hopeful for, we just want you to have a pause right now to really have a spirit where you can say, this is what I wanted, this is what I have, and I want to point my thankfulness and my gratitude in the right direction. Catch you next time on Circle Unbroken.
1: On one cold and cloudy day When I saw that hers come rolling for to carry- i um, uh.